0: Hey, everybody, my name is Tanvir Singh and welcome to the first episode of the TSR podcast, where we highlight some of the history defining and bizarre moments in sports history. This week's topic is on the crazy 2007 college football season. The best way to understand the gravity of the season will be in chronological order throughout the year. Things that never happened in the 71 year history of the AP slash BCS poll era were coming at a regular occurrence throughout this season. We're going to start in week one, as the fifth-ranked Michigan Wolverines played lowly Appalachian State. Michigan fans fans will remember this day like no other. Coming into the game, Michigan had been touted as a championship-caliber team with aspirations to make the national championship game. And as the game had played out, the week one butterflies had turned into nightmares as Michigan had the opportunity to win the game before Appalachian Appalachian State blocked a kick to win the game in regulation. Many define it as one of the most famous upsets in college football history. While most may remember the game, many forget the fallout this had on their season. Michigan, who were ranked 5 heading into the season, were knocked out entirely after their loss. This made it the single largest ranking drop in college football history at the time. Uh, another famous fallout from this loss was Lou Holtz's tirade on ESPN where he was upset to the point where he cursed on national television. But his tirade did come out to be true as Michigan got handled next week at Oregon and never had the same season after that. This upset was just the tip of the iceberg that defined 2007. As we continued through weeks 2, 3, and 4, the top 25 was turned upside down. Nine teams. Uh, Ranked within the top 25 were upset. Teams like Georgia were ousted by South Carolina. And funny enough, even though I did say earlier that Michigan season was never the same, they beat number 10 Penn State in week four. Um, While all the craziness was happening on the field, though, uh, we also saw an iconic moment in college football history occur off the field. So uh Mike Gundy, the current coach at Oklahoma State, still the current coach, I should say, is seen in a positive light because of his successful tenure with the Cowboys. But in 2007, we heard a quote synonymous with the craziness of the season. The I'm a man, I'm 40 rant was a season defining speech of the likes we haven't heard since. The story goes like this. So. A local columnist named uh, Jenny Carlson had wrote a story which suggested that a player by the name of Bobby Reed had been benched due to his attitude and had said some pretty shocking things to his coaching staff, which I'm not going to disclose on uh, this podcast. But uh, the piece came out to be turned out to be vague rumors and ultimately the cheap shot nature of the report had Coach Mike Gundy irate. He showed up to a daily press conference, uh, newspaper in hand, and went off on the column, suggesting that the editor and columnist had gone out of their way to slander one of his players. He then went on to say those famous words where he says, You want to go after one of my athletes? The editor who let that come out is garbage. And also, uh, Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh, it was a rant unlike any other and still is seen today as one of the most wild moments in college football history. But moving on, uh, we're going to move on to week five now. Uh, we had seen nine teams in the top 25 lose in the previous four weeks. Week five had something sinister waiting as eight teams in the top 25 lost in a remarkable stretch of underdogs fighting through adversity. One of those upsets was the true Cinderella story of the season up to that point, and that was number eighteen South Florida, who beat number five West Virginia. South Florida had been only they had only been a D one team for only ten years, and this win had catapulted them into a limelight that they had never seen before. Moving on to the next week, even crazier stuff. Week six arrived, and we had another upset of the ages, which started a trend like unlike anything uh, we had seen in seasons prior. Number two, USC faced a struggling Stanford side who had gone one in 11 in the year prior. And if you couldn't guess at this point, Stanford won, but the way they won was even more insane. USC had beat Stanford 42 to nothing the year prior. Stanford had lost their starting quarterback to a seizure the week prior, and a game saving fourth down conversion was caught by an all pro corner in the NFL who played receiver in college. And that man went by the name of Richard Sherman. Even more bizarre is that USC had entered the game as 41 point favorites, even more than Michigan being a 34 point favorite at the start of the season. We're going to fast forward to the next week. Number one LSU had played a barn burner against number nine Florida the week prior, where they beat soon to be Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow. But then they faced Kentucky and lost a three overtime thriller, which opened the door for number two Cal who had played later that day, to jump to number 1, a place their program had never reached in the long history of the Golden Bears. Cal played unranked Oregon State, which by all means should have been a walk in the park, but sadly Cal lost their quarterback 10 minutes before kickoff to an ankle injury, and this led to their subsequent loss later on in the day. Cal's amazing season started off 5-0, with the aspirations of making a deep run in the year with players like Justin Forsett and Deshaun Jackson, but they finished their year a mere six and six after their loss. As you guys hear more, there's going to be a theme happening as a uh, week eight arrived. Uh, we got our first look into the BCS college football rankings, which determine who plays in the bowl games at the end of the season, including the national championship. And it had some interesting teams. Kentucky, who had just beat LSU in, in triple overtime, jumped all the way up to number seven after not being ranked since 1984. Kansas, who was historically terrible at football, came out of nowhere and were number 13. Boston College were catapulted to number three. And the cherry on top was our South Florida Buffaloes were ranked higher than they had ever been. They were 6-0 and up to that point, and they were ranked number two. The chances of this upstart program making a national championship were better than ever as the games remaining on their schedule were not even close to the tough games they played at the start of the season such as West Virginia and Auburn both of who were ranked and they had no unranked excuse me they had no ranked uh, opponents left on their schedule South Florida felt they could ride their momentum to the top but as all hopes in this season were dashed away in heartbreaking fashion Uh, South Florida's first game as number two, they lost to unranked Rutgers and their season went down the drain with it. At this point, people started realizing a trend and hopefully you guys started realizing a trend too. And that's the number two team had lost three weeks in a row and had their seasons kicked to the curb. USC, Cal, and then South Florida. So people started to wonder if this trend could continue. Austin college sure seemed like they would continue that trend and lose after going scoreless through three quarters the next week, but a late TD plus an onside kick leading to another TD had seen BC buck the trend. And that only lasted for a week because the next week BC lost to unranked Florida state. And the curse of number two was a widely established thing at this point, the next number two on the chopping block. The next week was Oregon and The craziness continued. Their star quarterback, Dennis Dixon, was lost to an ACL tear in that game. And if this injury never occurred, Dennis would probably have won the Heisman Trophy, but they lost that game to unranked Arizona. And the curse had now taken out five teams throughout the season in the process. So this season saw teams reach the heights of the top just to have their dreams tarnished in some form or fashion. The curse of number two was significant, but other teams that were highly ranked would lose as well. Number 1 Ohio State lost the, the the week prior uh to unranked Illinois. And nobody could understand what was going on at this point, but one thing people could understand was nothing would be a surprise at this point. We had 2 weeks to go in this season, all this craziness I've already said, and it's just beginning because one of the most bizarre matchups in college football history to possibly determine a title contender happened as number two kansas faced the number four missouri for those who had been watching college football this is this was insane mizzou versus kansas was a rivalry dating back to 1891 and both schools were never known to have strong football programs but in 2007 the stars aligned for the tigers and the jayhawks this was the highest missouri had been ranked since uh, 1960, and the, this was the highest that Kansas had been ranked ever in their history. And to put even more gas to the fire of this rivalry, number one LSU lost to Arkansas in another triple overtime. So the winner of this game would be number one with one week to go and play in the College Football National Championship. After an amazing back and forth affair between the two teams, Missouri ended up on top and discarded Kansas from the number two pedestal. And that was the sixth team up to that point to fall victim to the curse of number two. As the last week approached, the craziness didn't stop. Number one, Missouri at that point, who were on cloud nine after beating Kansas lost to number nine, Oklahoma in the big 12 championship game. And number two, That number again, number two, West Virginia suffered a heart-wrenching loss to unranked Pitt and saw their championship hopes dashed after being 28 and a half point favorites against Pitt. This created a dilemma like no other for the BCS to figure out who in the hell was going to be in their national championship game. And ultimately, we saw Ohio State play LSU and LSU's miraculous season. To where their only two losses had been triple overtime losses, concluded with a championship win over number one Ohio State. Of course, the season ended with a number two team in the nation lifting the most prized possession in college football. Some other notable events that occurred at the end of the year included West Virginia stomping Oklahoma in the Orange, uh, excuse me, the Fiesta Bowl, and Kansas winning the Orange Bowl. Uh, Kansas fell into obscurity just two years later, and many people believed West Virginia were actually the, the true best team of this season, and their hopes had been dashed to the curse of number two up to that point. Regardless of who you root for, the legacy of this season stays intact up to this year, and it will go down as one of the craziest, if not the craziest season of sports you will ever see.